Start spreading the news. Welcome back to the most up and down podcast in the history of podcasting. It's episode 12 of Start Spreading the News, presented by Capital Sports Media Network. From high school to the pros, CSMN is the Capital Region's home for everything sports. Joining me is my co-host, Micah Padre, and CSMN founder, Kyle Milligan. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? It's a beautiful day to be a Yankees fan, I can finally say. I think it's been about... Two or three episodes since I've said those words, and it really just is, Trevor. It's, it's finally a good day to be a Yankees fan, and there's a lot going on, not just for the Yankees here. We got Kevin Herter and Ian Anderson, the Shenandoah squad, uh, representing the 518 on a national level here in the Eastern Conference Finals, which starts tomorrow night, and uh, Ian Anderson shutting down the New York Mets uh, and beating Jacob DeGrom, just an absolute um, show those two are putting on, and it's really fun to watch. And we got the coverage for you, too, here. We got uh, articles on all that going on right now, if you want to go look at that, by Will Leno, our NBA reporter. And we also have college baseball going on. It's the College World Series. It's one of Trevor's favorite times of the year. I know I love college baseball, too. I'm, I'm not quite the fan Trevor is, but, man, it, we got a really good tournament under our belt, and Jack... Uh, leader went out there and uh, threw a really good game yesterday, and it wasn't enough to beat a really good NC State team that kind of is out of nowhere. Trevor, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, NC State's got to be the story of the tournament so far, and going down to Baum Walker Stadium and uh, beating Arkansas for their first series loss of the year, and then coming in and starting off 2 0, beating a really good Vanderbilt team last night. You know, Jack Leiter's probably a top five pick in this draft or probably guaranteed at this point after the way he threw last night. Um, when I checked, he was through six innings, only giving up to one hit and was the homer, but he struck out 12. So a really good Vanderbilt team. They're going to bounce back. They're going to have Christian Little on the mound in their elimination game. I believe it's tomorrow now. NC State gets a two days off before they play their next game. And it's going to be a good one. It's been it's a show. Be really good. We have a good one. We have a good one starting. Uh, it's going to be today. So that I mean, this will come out right around the time the game starts. But 2 o'clock, you have Tennessee and Texas, so that'll be another good one. Two top three national seeds playing if uh, winner winner advances and loser goes home, so it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's been a show so far, and I can't wait to keep watching. But Trevor, remind them, remind our listeners why we're here. That's for them New York Yankees. And last week, as we do every week, we always go over the standings. Last week, the Yankees were in fourth place, sitting eight and a half games back at 33-32. and 32. But like I said in the beginning, the most up and down team in the history of sports. What are we looking like this week? So our standings this week, you got the Boston Red Sox in first place now. So they jumped the Tampa Bay Rays. They're 43 and 29 right now. The Tampa Bay Rays went on a little bit of a cold streak, got swept by the Seattle Mariners this week. So Tampa Bay Rays are in second place at 43 and 30. They're five. They're point five games back. Excuse me. The Yankees are in third place. They are 38 and 33 after five and one week. They're four and a half games back. And um, you know they, they were three games. They're one game away last week from being a. Uh, at back to 500, so so they finally escaped that again. The Toronto Blue Jays are 35 and 35. They're seven games back after being swept by the New York Yankees, and the Baltimore Orioles are in fifth place at 23 and 48. They're now 19 and a half games back. Uh, they they can kind of kiss their season goodbye, but you know they have a lot to look forward to when it comes to prospects and stuff. So that's kind of where Baltimore's at. But that rounds out the ALE standings. Yeah, I mean, definitely feel a heck of a lot better than I did sitting here last week. So it was a good week. So let's get into our game recaps. Game one, 
the Yankees take to Buffalo at Salem Field. Kicking it off early as Gary is scary as he launches his ninth home run to tie the game at one in the top of the second. Chris, hard-hitting Gittins, connects for his first career jack in the top of the fourth as he keeps this ball fair, unlike he did in Minnesota, according to the umps, to tie the game at two. With runners on second and third, Miggy gets the job done as he drives in Geo on a ground ball to second base. It's 5-3 Jays. Top of the seventh, as it's a gaudy potty, as the vet smacks his second home run of the year to close the gap to one. Later in that inning, DJ scores on a pass ball, and we're tied at five, and Clint comes up in the top of the eighth and drives in Tyler Wade to give the Yankees the 6-5 lead. Yankees take game one, 6-5. Chapman slams the door, his 13th save of the year. Johnny Lasagna with the win, he's 6-2. What a game. Game one, fantastic. Come from behind win. Um... Nothing more other to say, you know, uh, Gittin's getting his first, Gittin's getting his first one. Guardy coming up big uh, late in the game. And then Clint, you know, we've, we haven't seen a lot from Clint lately. And for him to come up big and drive in the winning run, it's, I think it's a huge confidence booster for him. Game two. Garrett Cole takes the hill. It's Cole day. The Cole train is here. Stanton comes up top of the first, drives a line, drives sack fly to right fielder Kevin Biggio. Bringing in DJ LeMayhew for the first run of the game. Top of the seventh as Gary remains scary. As the catcher hits his 10th home run, his second in as many days, to give the Yankees a 3-2 lead. And that's all the Yanks would need. Chapman slams the door again, his 14th. Cole gets his eighth win of the year. Yankees take game two, 3-2. Game three, Yankees looking for the sweep of Toronto. They... Start here in the top of the second as Miguel Andujar grounds out to Zook, the pitcher. But Zook throws the ball into center field, allowing Gio to score the first run of the ball game. It's one nothing Yanks. Top three as Gio Urshela, the most happy fella, cranks his eighth home run of the season. It's 3 nothing Bombers. Top seven, Giancarlo, no se poi, Stoparlo, drills his 13th long ball of the year to give the Yanks a 5-4 lead. Still in the seventh as Chris Gittins lines a base hit to right, driving in two, and the Yanks extend to 7-4. Ninth inning now as Gittins continues to pour it on as the rookie hits a sack fly to right, driving in Guardy, and the Yankees sweep the Blue Jays in Buffalo. Final score of game three, eight to four. Chad Green gets his first win of the year. Huge to get that sweep, man. We really have to, you know, start getting these sweeps where we win two games, and that third game is crucial, man. That uh, To put us over um, the top, you know, it's a really feel-good thing when the Yankees can pick up a full series. Yeah, it's crazy because like you look at their record, and you could think that maybe like in the games where they could have swept on that Sunday, uh, or the third game or fourth game of the series, whatever it may be, you're looking at a team that's sitting at like forty-two and twenty-nine, which is tied for first place in the division right now, and that's only asking for four of the sweeps. I feel like we've sat here and we've won two of three six or seven times do you think if you split those and am- like amongst the different and hat like halfway we're sitting in first place at this point so um that that's kind of the part that doesn't really concern me as much but you know, i don't know if you're thinking the same way there no yeah definitely that that's my exact point you just made it better good so we move back to new york in the bronx we welcome the al west division leaders oakland athletics game one on the mound for the A's is former New York Yankees 2015 first-round pick out of UCLA, James Caprillion. Caprillion was dealt to Oakland in the deal that brought back Sonny Gray, and we all know how that turned out. 
But we kick off here, bottom of the third. Yanks already down 2-0, but not for long. As David John goes long gone, the Yankees' leadoff hitter hits his fifth home run of the year, nine in the game at two. Bottom of the fifth as Rugi Odor hits his seventh of the year, giving the Yanks a 3-2 lead. That would not stand up as former Tri-City Valley Cat Tony Kemp drills a three-run homer into the night, and the Yankees fall in game one by a score of 5-3. to Caprillion picks up his win. The loss goes to Wandy Peralta, and Lou Trevino picked up the save for Oakland. Game two, Yankees start bottom of the bottom of the fourth. Yanks down two nothing early again, but Gio Rochella drives in Judge on an RBI single. The rights two one A's. Bottom of the sixth, the Sanchez does it again as he smacks a solo home run to left four two A's. Bottom seven, as Judge delivers an RBI single of his own, plating Frazier to cut the A's lead to to one. Two batters later, Giancarlo drives in Judge to knock the game at four. Bottom eight now as the Yanks seize control of this one thanks to Gio, the most happy fella. Hits the go-ahead solo jack to center field into Monument Park in the Yankees lead 5-4. They weren't done in the eighth as DJ brings in Wade and Frazier for the 7-4 lead. Chapman slams the door in the ninth. Yankees win 7-5. Game three, the rubber match. Looking for the series win. Bottom of the sixth, Gary strikes again as the catcher stays red hot as he drives in Clinton Judge for a two-RBI double, avoiding the tag at third by uh, A's third baseman Matt Chapman. Top nine as Araldus Chapman enters looking for his 16th save of the season. Kyle, roll the clip. This could be one, two, on the first it's a triple play! They've done it again! Three times a charm, and the Yankees win 2-1! to one. Can you believe it? Yes, I can believe it, Mr. Michael Kay. The Yanks take Game 3 by a score of 2-1 to one and take the series two games to one. A huge series victory over the AL West division leaders. Kyle, give me your take on this series. Yeah, well, this was a huge, absolutely huge series, and and what a way to end Game Three! I was, you know, sweating a lot when when Chapman had a man on first and second, couldn't seem to find the zone there, and then we went out. I think his velo was down again, but hey, you know what? The this series, the takeaway that I take from this series is Game Two. You know, that's one that you got to go get. You know, you have a really emotional week um, in Buffalo. And you, you get that sweep. Then you go into game one and you lose to the A's. And it's kind you kind of get that. You can allow yourself to get that feeling of, oh, man, here we go again. You know, here's a good team. We're going to get it to us. We can't win on weekends. We're back at Yankee Stadium. We don't have that great of a crowd that we were expecting. You can kind of let that get to you, you know. And the Yankees didn't. You know, they came out in game two. And game two is the win. You know, game two is the flash win for me here. And, and I think that is what allowed them to, you know, be able to go here and allow um, Montgomery to absolutely dominate in Game 3, which was just, you know, huge for the Yankees. The Yankees needed that out of Monty, and, you know, he did it. You know, this was a huge series, and, you know, now now what's even huger is the fact that it's not just win this series. You know, it's not just have a good week and be within striking distance. We We've had times where we've been in striking distance all season long. It's... What can we do when we are within striking distance? Are we going to have two weeks in a row that are good? Because, Trevor, I don't think we can remember a time that we've had two good weeks in a row this year, and it needs to happen right now. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's going to go as this title is going to probably going to be up and down because that's just how this season's been. All right. One of our favorite parts of the episode. Let's talk some topics here. Gary Sanchez has absolutely lost his mind, Trevor. We have an all-star catcher. He's back. He's after two years of hiding in a shell. Gary Sanchez, the octopus, is back. The Kraken, release the Kraken, and my boy is back. After all the stuff, all the crap that you talked about in the beginning of the year, Kyle, the boy is back. Actually, the man is back. Gary Sanchez has been on an absolute tear, and guess what? I haven't given Kyle one piece of crap since this entire thing has started for Gary. I just sat in silence because, yes, there's bad moments. There's really bad moments, but now there's not. Gary Sanchez has been unbelievable of late. You know what? He deserves a diamond rating on MLB The Show. He does. <laughs> Send him from a bronze to listen, a diamond because when he is on, he is the best catcher in baseball. It's not even a question. Listen, I'm very critical of, of players uh, when they're playing bad, but I'm, I give credit where credit is due when they're playing good. And Gary's playing great baseball. You know, and I hope this is sustainable. I really do because, you know, he's been historically bad the last two seasons. And, you know, but not once did I ever say Gary's lost it. You know, he doesn't have any more talent. What I said is that he's playing very, very bad. You know, he, his approach is terrible. He, does, he can't hit the ball with two strikes. He's all left field. This guy's hitting doubles to right. He's hitting balls over the wall that aren't to left field. I'm like, man, th this is a new Gary Sanchez, and I'm all for it. Let me give you something here. His last 30 games in 100 at-bats, he's got 28 hits, 7 homers, 19 RBIs, 10 walks, 32 strikeouts, which is a lot less than what his <laughs> strikeout rate was before. He's batting a 280, okay? In his last 15, he's batting 315. In his last 7, he's batting a 333. So this has actually been going on for about 30 games. You know, we're just seeing the best part of his streak right now and and i don't think this can last him hitting 333 but 280 if he hits 280 he's the best cat you know he's one of the best catchers in baseball no doubt and, and if he stays hot you know for another good week or so you know this guy's gonna get in the all-star game just because of the lack of catching in the al but let's talk about the yankees in general trevor we had a five in one week we're right back into the heart of things we're four and a half games back and we're heading into a week where the red sox face tampa and you know that's kind of the dramas the eyes aren't on us Eyes aren't on us. The eyes are all on Tampa. They're all on the Rays. Uh, Wander Franco is in the league. The attention's away from us, and I love it. You know, and we gained a good chunk of ground in the division last week, and I think we have a really good opportunity to do it again this week. Yeah, it's a really good opportunity to sneak up on some people. And like you're saying, you know, all eyes are going to be on Tampa and Boston uh, this week leading up to the Yankees-Boston series this weekend. So, I mean, everyone's going to be watching Wander Franco and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I might tune into some to one of those games to watch that man play. I feel like he's going to be a monster. But, um, yeah, again, 5-1, and one, be able to go to Buffalo and sweep and then to take two of three from a really good Oakland team, just phenomenal. I mean, something we needed. And, um, you know, I hope it stays, you know, on the up and up in this week and we're able to come back here next week and talk, you know, and say that we're, you know, 10-2 and two in our last 12 or – I think we play six games this week, so we'd be eleven and two or something like that. Even ten and three. I'd take ten and three at this point. Okay. Next topic. Gio Urshela needs a gold glove. Get that guy some gold. I yeah, mean I it, mean he got it stolen from him last year by that uh, Isaiah Connor Falefa from right, the athletics. Uh, Texas. Texas, but Texas. Like, yeah, he plays on the athletics now, right? I think. 
No, he's still with Texas. I have, he's on my fantasy team. He's actually kind of playing really well this year. But the dude, dude he's like he's like a utility guy. He played just he just played most of his games at third base, and he kind of screwed Gio out of a Gold Glove. But yeah, Gio is probably you know top five defender in the league uh, across all positions. Yeah, he needs a Gold Glove for sure. He needs it. And the next topic is actually actually um, at the back end of our bullpen, and it's Johnny Lasagna. This guy's yeah. this guy should be an all star. Am I right or wrong? I mean, yeah. Was he six and two, seven and two? This he's seven and two right now. Uh, ERA under two. Dude's been shoving. Uh, it's it's. I mean, he's he's probably found his role with this team. I know for a long time they were trying to find a place for him. Um, but yeah, I feel like he is um, one of the top guys. He has to be one of the top guys for uh, the all star game in, in Colorado this year. Um, if he's not, it's going to be that Yankee bias that we they don't ever, you know, seem to get the votes that, um, you know, a judge is actually getting a ton of votes. Judge is like fourth in AL MVP voting right now. Across we're we're going to have some so. all-stars. Here's Johnny Loizica's numbers, 7-2 and two in 30 games, 1.63 ERA in 38.2 innings pitch, 31 strikeouts, a whip of .96. That's all-star numbers, and you know who he is really reminding me a lot of is Dellen Betances. So put that guy in his first all-star. He's 26 years old. He's, he's young. You know, we got him under contract for multiple years. This is a guy that's going to be in the back end of our bullpen, you know, for the foreseeable future. And last topic, the Yankees have three triple plays in 31 days. First season with three triple plays since 1903. The Yankees are turning three, Trev. And it seems like something that I I think every Yankee fan, when there was a man when the when there was a man on first and second, Chapman was in that game, he couldn't find a strike. I think every Yankee fan was like, let's turn three. I really do. I really do. I thought everyone thought that was a possibility, and that's just insane but the yankees yeah the yankees like are just rolling it up man yeah i don't know i mean you get one triple play you're like wow i mean that's pretty cool and then we turn the second one the second one was weird um you know with the 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 bad the almost like mlb the show base running that uh toronto put on it was MLB um, the show base running it was a yeah some rookie then, mistakes right there yeah so it's two routine ones where it's just like ground balls to geo and Geo is basically turning it like just flipping two, but you know, getting the opportunity to step on third. But yeah, um, those two, I mean, those two were just solid. Those two were just right out of the books, triple plays. And like I said, started by our gold glover, Geo Rochello. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like you never think like this year has been a year of like, well, I haven't seen that in a while between the triple play and the no hitter. We haven't seen those two in a long time. Next, next one, I'm calling it four homer game that's gonna I'll be the it. next one I'll someone's gonna hit a four homer game on the yankees this year hopefully i'm putting my stamp on it right now you can come back to uh the the june 22nd episode when it happens and just prove me wrong prove me right right here someone's hitting four homers this year it's just gonna happen anyway i'm down for all the triple plays let them rain uh it, it's been really fun to watch so we got some injury report news Luis severino a grade two groin strain uh, it was ruled about a month setback from his initial expect to return. Uh, this hurts. You know, we were expecting to get him back in mid to late July, you know, get him rolling a good amount before the playoffs. And, you know, this hurts. This, this is a setback. This is a setback. Yeah. The only positive part that I'm trying to be a little, little spin off here is that it's not his arm. Um, he's able to, you know, take some time to now that he's kind of revamped and 
he got back to throwing in games now. Now he's not going to be as taxed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying to be positive about this. Like, this is a positive podcast. Well, PP will call it from now on. But it's to the point where he's now going to be able to take some more time to let his arm kind of get back into shape and get ready to roll out. And then when he's back, well, August, it's going to be like a September call-up. He's probably going to be back late August, early September. Who knows Who knows what we could need by then? So I think it'll be a – anytime he's back, it's going to be a positive addition to this to this rotation. Or yeah. bullpen, if they, even if we want to throw him in the bullpen. Yeah, and he was actually throwing at Yankee Stadium the other day just to toss 60 feet. So good things to see. You know, he's back to throwing a baseball. But, you know, this is a minor setback to hopefully – a major comeback. And, and I want to say last episode, um, we did talk about this a little bit. The Yankees are five and one since Brian Hoke, Yankees MLB reporter asked Boone if guys were getting used to losing and Boone reacted. We played it for you last uh, episode. He said, um, get the hell out of here to, to Brian Hoke. And you know, what did I, you were like, wow, I can't believe Hoke did this. You know, I can't believe it. And what did I say? I said, you know, this might be necessary. This might be I, what had to happen. Yeah. I'm a big Hoke guy. I have tweet notifications on, as should every ML- Yankee fan. Listen, if he's going to get the boys rolling, he's going to get the boys rolling. He did his job. Exactly. He did his job. He did a way better job than any other beat reporter has in the MLB this year. He got the boys going. Yeah, man, that was really good to see. Anyway, let's get into trivia. What was the question last week, Trev? So last week, I asked Kyle, Glaber Torres became the third Yankees player to make two all-star teams before turning 23. Who are the other two? I believe your response was Don Mattingly and Willie Randolph. It was. Yeah. So, um, oh for three. Oh, yeah. For I want to dive. I want to dive into this a little quick, a little bit. I. <sighs> Kyle said that Mickey Mantle got off to a really slow start, which just if you look, if you go and look at at, at um, his numbers, it, he didn't get off to a slow start at all, which was crazy. Well, but, this is his rookie year that you're talking about, or is this his technical rookie year? Because I'm pretty sure he no, got out so to a slow start. No, so it's before start. turning 23 years old. So Mickey came up at age 19, and yeah, for a normal, he hit 267. But then his next year, age 20, comes back, hits 311 with 23. Next year, at 21, hits 295 with 21 homers, something like that. It, he didn't get off to a slow start, but then to just say Joe, like Joe DiMaggio too, is in that in that question. Even Yogi Berra could pair him up with. I just think to tell me that it's Don Mattingly and Willie Randolph. Are you kidding me? Listen, man. Out of the four choices that you had, those were that was without a doubt the worst choice. You I keep made. thinking that your questions are trick questions, and they just come back to bite me. I'm zero and three, but I'm gonna get on a roll, and here we go. Um, to see if you can, I think you have got one of these right. I think you're one for two. So this week, anyway, in which year did the Yankees win their first World Series? So we're going to put this up on Saturday uh, for all of our listeners to vote on. You guys can ha- you can vote on this. Uh, and we also do our questions of the week on Saturday, which we're going to get into here in just a minute. But here's your option. So in which year did the Yankees win their first World Series, Trevor? 1920. 1921, 1923, or 1922. You're throwing me for a loop here by putting 23 in the third spot instead of just going 2021, 20, 22, 23. Yeah. I'm trying to be technical here. I'm trying to figure this out. 
23. You can't, you can't be that technical. We'll be here all day. Quick guess. Yeah, I, I, quick I guess we'll I, move my on. quick guess, I'm going to go. I, I, I'm a big 22 guy, you know, born <laughs> on the 22nd day of the month. Um, but I think it's 21. I want to say it's 1921. All right. That's your final answer. So our yep. questions of the week, this is what we got. Sam underscore Fallis. If Boone gets fired at the end of the season, who'd be your ideal candidate for that spot? I'll let you go first, Trev. Um, I'm a big Jace Tingler guy, although I'm pretty sure he just got signed, like extended by the Padres, so there's no way he leaves. I'm just throwing out names at this point. I know I've been a big Buck guy on the pod, um, but I think he's just way too old and um, analytically, I think he'd be a good fill-in if Boone got fired right now, like just for the rest of the year. Um, but like, if we're going to bring a guy, I want someone young. This next guy, think about it. You know, this is, give me, this... you know who I'm going to take? I'm going to take shout out to five, one, eight right here T- Tampa Bay Rays bench coach, Matt Cotrero. He went to Bethlehem high school, played at old dominion, had a really good minor league career, never cracked it up to the big leagues. He's been a hitting coach with the Indians when they won a World Series. Now he's with the Rays while they've um, met to the World Series last year. He's had job opportunities. He's had second interviews with the Giants uh, and the Red Sox. That's going to be my guy. Give me Matty Q. If you if you know, you know. If we go in division, I will be shocked. So I agree. I agree. I think it'd be hard to take someone in division, but that's my guy. That's who I want. Okay. Well, here's here's my guy. I'm a little bit more of a fancy pick, I, I guess I'd say. Maybe not fancy, but special pick. So if we're looking at a guy, you know, this next guy, if Boone's contract runs out and we don't win a World Series and we don't hire um, or we don't extend him, excuse me, we're going to go try to get a franchise manager, right? We can both agree on that. Okay. Your franchise manager is Alex Rodriguez. Now, don't don't ask me how this is going to work with owning a team and being a sad man and all that stuff, having kids, but your franchise manager is Alex Rodriguez. That guy, you know, just listening to him, I don't care if people don't like him on Sunday night baseball, like the guy knows what he's talking about. And he's he's always made people mad because he's so good. And and I'd love a manager that just absolutely pisses people off and that would be a rod and, and a rod would not care you know he'd answer the media straight up he'd he'd call out guys straight up i want alex rodriguez listen listen if we don't win the world series this year it's it's like all right let's sign a rod to a one-year deal you know if it works out we'll extend him for the rest of his life if not then he's probably gone but why not give it a shot what do we have to lose you know, it's it's been since two thousand nine, man. What's another year? Let's if, give. Let's... If I'm taking a former player, I think it has to be Posada. But yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and the more and more I think about it, I would be okay with it. But if, like I said, if I'm taking a former guy, it's gonna be Georgie. We'll see what happens. Our second question: Charlie Ginger nine. Who would you rather flip for Story in Trevor Story in Colorado Rockies? She's talking about Glaber Torres or Luke Voigt. Let's go again first. People are going to hate me for it, but I, I would rather flip Glaber. Um, I'm a big Luke Voigt guy. Um, obviously, he is my dad. 
I so do want to note that Charlie did say in parentheses, I know Trevor's answer. Yeah. So he's so, not surprised. No. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm keeping Luke Voigt. Um, I'm going to go Voigt, DJ, uh, Story, Urshela, all the way around the diamond. Okay. I wouldn't because Story is a one-year rental. You know, he, he's a one-year rental, and, and I'd rather give up someone old for or not. Luke Voigt's not old, but he's definitely not like – our franchise first baseman. I'm sorry. He's not. He's got like you know, a, a three I, to four I, I year window at most. At most. I get that. Yeah. So I, I'm going. If we can get. Listen. I don't know if Luke Voigt's enough for story. This is a story. hard question because I've been a Glaber guy. And you know I'm a Luke Voigt guy. So for me it's like who would I rather see go. And I don't want Luke Voigt to go. I love Luke Voigt. He, me, he's, he's done a lot for the Yankees. He's given us more moments than, than Glaber has. I'm taking. Voight over Glaber. I'm going to get a lot of slack for that, but I don't care. It's it's tough. I mean, it actually is tough because, you know, if you don't give away Glaber, then it's kind of like where to put everybody, you know? Like, where do you put everybody? You just send Glaber back to second for the rest of the year? Yes. But you also want Glaber, DJ to first? Yes. But do you want really DJ to be a permanent first baseman already at this point in his career? I don't know. It's hard to say, but you know what? If we get story, um, I'll be happy, and I will also be happy with no matter who we get him for because it means that we're being aggressive and it means that we're going for it all this year. So, you know, if it, if it happens to be Glaber, there will be a little disappointment to see him go, but, man, would it be a complete steal if we can get story for Luke Voigt and maybe a prospect? Would it be a steal? Let me tell you that. Won't watch your mouth. Uh, real quick before we move on, really quick, uh, with a little tip of the cap, we'll sign our to Mike Ford. Um, he was traded oh to the Rays goodness. for a hundred k. Are we doing uh, this? G Man Choi Part Two. The dude's gonna be uh, a Garrett Cole killer at some point in his career. Uh, a little tip of the cap to Mike Ford, but not really. Wasn't a big fan. Uh, you um, know what? I'll, I will. I will. I'll tip my cap to Mike Ford. I will. This is the pride of Princeton, the son of two doctors. There the was, man loved playing in New York, but he, he there just wasn't a fit for him here. So. The Zumba guy. All right, let's look ahead. We've got three games at the stadium against the Kansas City Royals before we are shipping out to Boston for three games against the AL East division leaders in the Boston Red Sox. Kyle, hit that button. Listen, I want to start this out by saying that Garrett Cole is taking the mound tonight against the Kansas City Royals, and, um, you know, he's almost Monday. guaranteed to get that checked. That means we get him on Sunday, right? Uh, Yeah, he'll, he'll pitch against Boston. So, Sunday. Yep, he'll pitch against Boston. Um, So he'll pitch in both of these next two series, which is absolutely huge. Um, One guaranteed win for each, at least in the game for each. That's guaranteed. Anyway. I want to say that he is guaranteed to get checked tonight for the sticky stuff, so that'll be interesting to see. 100%. Yep. 100% getting checked for the sticky stuff. Also, we haven't really talked much about sticky stuff. We'll get into that next pod. We could do, like, a special. Um, we, we want to do some off-topic stuff anyway. Hopefully, it'll be a good week. We can have a quick recap, and we can get right into this whole scandal. But I do want to ask you, um, quick take on the sticky stuff, quick take on the MLB um, not allowing players to wear sunscreen. I, I want to hear your quick thoughts about that. 
I, I, I think it's dumb, dude. Like, if it's making the pitchers better, it's not giving them that much of a of an advantage. Like, this is also coming from a pitcher, so like I get why people would be like, "Oh, of course you're gonna favor," but like, yeah, like if I could find any other way to not give me a huge leg up, but if I'm gonna keep from not uh, drilling a guy, like I'm going to do it. And like, I will admit. I have used it. Like, I, I, I wasn't very good, like, past, you know, a, like, a certain point in my career. But, it, like, I used it. Everyone did. A lot of people that I knew did. And it, it, it happens all over. It happens way more than you would think. And I've talked to guys about it and, you know, that I played against and played with. And it's it makes no sense. Like, it, it's not, like I said, it's not giving you a leg up like you're taking steroids or something like that. Like, all you're doing is trying to gain more control. And if I'm going to throw more strikes, then yes. Here's the like, problem. Here's the problem. Um, a lot of people don't have problem with the grip. A lot of people don't have um, problem with the stuff that you use to make sure that you can control the ball better. Glasnow blamed his injury on not being able to grip the ball. I know. I know. Um, but what I'm saying is that a lot of people have problem with the grip. But it, where it crosses the line for some people is the stuff that makes your RPM, you know, your spin rate. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 different. If you're if your spin rate like if your spin rate is so high, like you're you're sitting like 27 to 28,000 RPMs on a fastball, then your fastball that may be like 95 is actually like perceived 98-99. Like yeah. that makes a difference. Yeah, and I want to say like Cole has been throwing harder since, you know, the this whole thing came out. So that's he threw a ninety-five mile an hour changeup. I know that that was insane. Did you see his interview too? We should have played that for everyone today. Yeah, Lindsey Adler. Like, did you throw a ninety-five mile an hour changeup? Yeah. Uh, how? <laughs> and he that, laughs. That's going to be he, one of the best questions of all time. He laughs how? and says, "He laughs and says, how? <laughs> that was awesome. Anyway, I'll take know. us. Like, I'll take us out here. We got to go. Anyway." This this is start spreading the news. Thank you for listening. We're presented by Capital Sports Media Network from high school to the pros. CSMN is the capital region's home for everything sports. Uh, me and Trevor, we'll see you next week. It's going to be a good week. Uh, going to another game, so I'll uh, we'll have to recap that too. So anyway, have a good week, Royals. Then Boston. Then start spreading the news. We'll see you next week. Peace. What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Capital Sports MN and find all of our content on our website at CapitalSportsMN.com. Peace out, everyone. God bless.